morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Friday, December 11th. Today on the show, the Preds likely have a new division to play in next season. We will take a look at what the Vandy-Tennessee game could mean for both sides with the visit from Wes Rucker of Govals 24-7. But we start this morning with the Titans' trip down to Jacksonville. I could sit here and spout off defensive metrics about the Tennessee Titans defense and how Jacksonville is playing better than its, hang on, what did that say? 11 game losing streak. We could argue about personnel matchups, talk about injuries, hype up some legitimately solid skill talent for the Jags, or literally anything else you could possibly think of when it comes to trying to analyze a football game. But it sort of feels stupid to do that for this game. For me, none of that matters. If you want to be a division champion and call yourself a Super Bowl contender, you cannot lose to a 1-11 football team in December. It's really not any more complicated than that. We spent all week talking about this and that and the other thing, and none of it matters. Go to Jacksonville and find a way to win. I don't care how. I don't care if it's ugly. I don't care if Derrick Henry has 12 yards rushing and you have to throw the ball 400 times. I don't care if the third down defense can't get off the field or if you can't make field goals. I don't care. There are no legitimately reasonable excuses for a bunch of professionals in first place with a championship hanging in the balance to go lose this football game. I know that's oversimplifying an incredibly difficult and complex sport. That if you don't play good football, you can get beat on any given Sunday in the NFL. So here's a revolutionary thought. Play good football. Because really the only way Jacksonville should be able to beat Tennessee this weekend is if the Titans don't play a good game, which we know they're capable of doing. Just pick a first half against any AFC North team this season, for example, and pop in the tape. There's no such thing as a must-win situation until you're facing elimination. It's really just a phrase that's been co-opted by talking heads who can't come up with a more creative way to explain the gravity of the situation. But this is a game for the Tennessee Titans that you cannot lose if you want to consider yourself a relevant contender in the AFC. And for me, it's not much more complicated than that. As of Thursday evening, the Tennessee-Vanderbilt game is still scheduled to take place, and there is plenty of intrigue for a number of reasons. One, you never know, but it could be the last time we see either of these teams in a long time, so try to enjoy watching the game of football. Vanderbilt, in particular, deserves a ton of credit for even fielding a team this weekend. They are well below the requirements that the SEC has set, and it is well within their rights to not play the game. Kudos to everyone involved for at least attempting to field a football team without any backup players, which, if you really think about it, is fucking nuts. Number two, how will Jeremy Pruitt divvy up the reps at quarterback for Tennessee in the game? Harrison Bailey offered some mild promise last week in his first career start, but I need to see more from him, and JT Shrout did sort of the same thing, albeit in garbage time. Number three, both coaching staffs are in a massive state of unknown. Mobile native Team Martin is interviewing with South Alabama this week for their head coaching position. Vanderbilt is actively trying to find its new head coach. Jeremy Pruitt better be evaluating every single stinking play that Jim Chaney calls. And fans on both sides are almost more interested in probably all of that news than maybe even the outcome of the game. Fourth and lastly, the game itself. Which matters only to the extent that a game between a winless team and a 2-6 and six team can actually matter. A win does essentially nothing to quiet any of the Pruitt doubters currently, and a loss would only amplify the calls for a new coach in Knoxville. The Commodores have won three out of four in the series, and that obviously pisses Tennessee fans off. It's completely unacceptable. 
But as a 16-point favorite against an 0-8 team that can barely field a roster, you better not lose. I cannot imagine what Knoxville would be like if Ken Seals and company can pull off the upset as far-fetched as that feels. To get some insight into the state of the Tennessee fan base entering a bizarre game weekend against Vanderbilt, we turn once again to Wes Rucker of, of Go Vols 24-7 to try to explain how Vols fans are feeling right now about their program and their head coach. It's really hard to get a uh, – the Tennessee fan base is so large and so passionate, and, and 13 years of losing makes you crazy. So it's hard to get a feel for the pulse of what the fan base thinks because a lot of them are still kind of in shock. You know, they're sitting outside in an ambulance with the shock blanket around them, you know, just kind of what what happened? Why is this? Why is this happening again? Why is everything burning? I understand the frustration and, and, and the, the hard times they're going through. But I don't know that there's a tremendous amount of confidence in Pruitt right now. But I think the biggest divide is between people who think, well, you have to make a change now no matter what versus I don't think this is the right time to make a change. And, and that's, that's sort of the bigger argument that you're seeing right now. Me personally, I, I don't know that we learned enough about Pruitt so far to know the guy can't get it done. I just don't believe that. Uh, I think his, his first couple of years you saw some good progress and then you saw a weird third year where, hey, they didn't handle it right. They clearly didn't, okay? Let's call that what it is. But I, I think if things are learned from this, I still think there is an ability within Pruitt to be a good football coach. I like his instincts. I like a lot of the things that he does. I just think they've had a really bad year. Now, if they have another really bad year next year, there's your answer. You know what's going to happen then. But I, I think they're not that far away from being a pretty good team. It's just they're bad at a spot where you can't be bad, and that's quarterback. And if you would just airdrop in a, a league average, in the NFL you'd call them a league average quarterback, this team I think would probably be in the top 25 right now. I really believe that. Uh, and I'm not saying they're good everywhere else. I'm just saying if they were okay at quarterback, the deficiencies they have in other places would not stand out so much. And, man, they got to get better there, whether that is the quarterback's coach, the coordinator, new players, whatever it is, they just have to get better there because if they do that, I think there's enough around them to be pretty solid. If you listen to the Gold Standard Podcast on the 440 Sports Network, of course, then you've heard the Athletics' Adam Vingan and myself break down what temporary realignment for the 2021 NHL season could look like for the Nashville Predators. And while there is much left undecided and nothing official has been announced, we have a pretty good sense of what at least the Predators division could look like. There needs to be an understanding that this is a bizarro shortened season that we all will remember for all of the reasons, and my advice is to view a potential 56-game season in a new division as something fun and different to enjoy because it could provide some cool new experiences for Preds fans. The first obvious hurdle here for the NHL is that international travel is likely to be shut down for quite some time and that all seven Canadian teams need to be in the same division. It's also possible, and likely the intelligent decision, to only play the teams within your division. So right out of the gate, we're getting weird. But again, let's try to make it fun. The Pacific and Central Divisions would lose their traditional Canadian brethren, and Colorado, Dallas, and either St. Louis or Minnesota would head west from the Central and join the Pacific Division. Whichever team doesn't go to the Pacific between either St. Louis or Minnesota would stay with Nashville and Chicago in the new Central Division, and this is where it gets fun. The rest of the group of teams in the Central Division, should it be called that, would be Detroit, Columbus, Carolina, Florida, and the defending cup champs, Tampa Bay. The Nashville Predators would be playing in a division with five Eastern Conference teams. Hell, there may not even be an Eastern or Western Conference in 2021. 
For Preds fans, the realignment would allow for some old rivalries to be rekindled and some new ones to form, which in a one-year situation would be pretty cool, right? I personally love the idea of no conferences at all, just four divisions all playing just each other with four division champions taking the top four seeds and teams 5 through 16 filling out an NCAA-style single playoff bracket. The most important thing that the NHL and fans would be smart to remember is that scheduling and travel has to be flexible. You have to account ahead of time for all of the unknowns that are most certainly going to crop up during the season. And if we all approach this strange, shortened, realigned season with an appreciation for the weird, knowing that we will get right back to tradition next fall, then I think all of us hockey fans will enjoy having the sport back in some form. It certainly beats the alternative of no hockey at all. Hey guys, I just want to take a second here at the end of a Friday pod. To those of you who are listening at this point of this show on a Friday, it means you're a pretty dedicated listener and I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you guys. And and what really would make this entire process get even better, hopefully for you guys, is if you could just share the show with one person. Just tell one other person that it's how we continue to do the work that we do for you guys in Nashville that care about Nashville sports and don't really want to get screamed at all the time. So just please tell somebody about the show. Just pass it along. Shoot me a tweet. Tell me how you feel about it. Give me feedback. I'm, I'm happy to hear anything you guys have to say. I want to make the product as good as possible for you guys because that is why I do this. It is for you. So thank you guys for listening. My name is Braden Gall at 440 Sports on Twitter. Please give it a follow at Braden Gall. You can always interact with me there. Please pass it along. Enjoy your weekend. Have a cocktail. This has been the 440 for Friday, December 11th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.